Welcome to the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank from Sniper's Hide here. Mike is back at Mile High working the counters. You can reach Mike to talk to him about uh, what, you know, gear wise at 303-255-9999. Um, I'm going to be heading out as we talked about and going back. I hope you guys enjoyed the interview stuff with Adam. We did the two part back to back with Adam, the lead gunsmith and shop foreman over at Mile High. Uh, so we're going to go into more detail with them, talking reloading and some different stuff. But, uh, you know, Adam talking the six millimeters and, and his philosophy on that, I think, was some really good insight. And, and what you guys can do, I mean, it, it kind of shows that the muzzle velocity stuff really matters and really comes into play. So uh, if you haven't had a chance to listen to the Adam interviews, I highly recommend them. I think they went off excellent. Just listening to them, I had fun after I play them back. Uh, it was a good time. But uh, thanks to Mike and Adam for staying late and going over that. As we noted in those episodes, tomorrow I'm heading to Seekins Precision. I'm going to go behind the scenes with Glenn Seekins, and we're going to look at some of uh, his rifles, uh, stuff like the SP-10M, the military variant, and uh, we'll be shooting that stuff. We'll be bringing some stuff back for review. Lots of reviews will be coming down the pipe. A um, couple rifles here right now, as we talked about, I have the uh, the Kelby, and that one's going to be going. There's a Gunworks here I'm going to be doing a review with. Some people have been asking me still about the Revic, and I know I haven't done like a wrap-up video, but I have mentioned in a lot of places, especially on Sniper's Hide, my thoughts on the Revic scope. And really, I just think it's a fantastic product. It, it is the most elegant design for software integrated into a scope. It does a really good job of balancing both traditional scope functions as well as the modern software uh, what we're doing with the HUD in there that's not necessarily in your face. The fact that it works both ways I think is fantastic. So if you guys have been asking me about the Revic, Revic's good to go. I just didn't do a wrap-up video yet. Weather conditions have been crappy for video, man. Um, Speaking of that, the Tactaholics guys who we brought out to the Mile High Training Group's class uh, we had uh, 10 days ago or so, the videos have been coming out, and the videos are looking really good. I'm going to put them all in one place. Probably when I'm sitting in the hotel or something, I'll start collating them and bring them into a, a location. I have posted a few on Sniper's Hide, and they're definitely getting shared by the Tactaholic guys on Facebook. But as we know, that's sort of a dying deal, the Facebook, YouTube, etc., uh, my Facebook, or yeah, not Facebook, but my YouTube channel was down for a couple days. Um, 500 errors, so who knows what they were doing, but they're messing with something, and it's back up line now, but I'm, again, transferring my stuff to my own uh, program, and you'll be able to get it on Sniper's Hide as well. I'm probably going to work on bringing up the Sniper's Hide TV uh, website. It's up and going. If you actually type in snipershidetv.com, there's a website there, um, and, and it's been a placeholder for a couple years. I started it just before the scout thing, and then when I went to scout, I kind of let it die a little bit, but we'll be moving some stuff so you can find my videos more than likely on the .tv style website, um, and it'll just be, it's it's a simple website that'll have all the videos where you can you can knock them out, but I have that that new playlist and all that that I'm transferring some stuff to. I've also looked up 
how to back up and archive my YouTube stuff, expecting them to start shutting down some things. Facebook's the same way, man. A lot of you guys are reaching out to me on Facebook, and I've seen a bunch of it, but I'm not about answering on Facebook right now, man. I'm just not about using it beyond the little bit of advertising that I do. Uh, I don't see it as a good business choice to be supporting these guys that are going to be knocking uh, our own, you know, my content back. So um, it, it's, uh, you know, it's one of those uh, one of those things that I'm just not responding, man. Come over to Sniper's Hide. One of the things I do want to talk about uh, with the reviews and I have in hand is something like Kelby's uh, NYX here, the NYX Rifle. Uh, NYX uh, Nyx is a Greek goddess of night and Kelby's have this new uh, low cost uh, built off their Atlas tactical action rifle that Ian sent me over. We're going to be reviewing uh, this. The variant that I have with the Atlas action is in 6.5 Creed. It's got a 308 bolt face. It's a fluted bolt uh, 0.068 firing pin. So it's got the smaller fire pin for the um the small primer pockets. Uh, it's uh, got a whole bunch of pick rail, tactical bolt knob, black nitrite action and barreled finish, Bix and Andy trigger. It's in a XLR chassis and, you know, threaded, ready to go. Some XLR carbon fiber chassis stuff. The six Creedmoor is a one and eight twist. So you, you, there's some really good stuff going on with Kelby's.com. Uh, um, in this rifle that's coming out, it's sort of going what you're seeing, like with uh, Josh Kuntz at Patriot Valley, the PV, uh, the Hancock rifle, right? So we're seeing these sort of semi-custom production rifles coming out. Gunworks has their actions that we're going to be looking at, and and they they did a, a group buy sale on the hide, and that's kind of come and gone. It was limited, and I think it sold out. Uh, but you know, here's these. Sort of custom actions like the 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 nucleus that the John Hancock's using. You have the Atlas Tactical from Kelby that the Nix uses. You have the um, you know Gunworks with their their actions. They have it. It's the GBU or GBP. I I'd have to look it up on the side. I'm sorry for messing the, the name of the Gunworks action, but it's bringing the cost down. So instead of these twelve hundred dollar actions that are running the cost up. These guys are hovering more in the $800 range and not having to do the trude work. They're just sticking a barrel on them, you know, custom good barrel Bartlins and things like that. Uh, what is the Kelby barrel? Let's see if it says, um, it's not, does it say whose barrel it is? No. Oh, Krieger. It's a Krieger barrel. So, you're, you know, you're getting Kelby's action, Krieger barrel, and you know, you're, you're going under that or around that $2,000 mark. I don't have the retail in front of me for the Kelby. It doesn't say off the top on my spec sheet here. I'm not, I'm not seeing, oh, maybe, oh, here we go. Uh, Nix, 3,100 for the Nix. So a complete rifle ready to go, 3,100 for that. And that's uh, about, you know, 500 plus with their Atlas hunting rifles, 38. So you're 3100 for a PRS style. <laughs> Funny how that's become an adjective, right? So for if you're shooting a tactical match and you want a light rifle, a fast rifle in the calibers, everybody's talking. We're talking the Knicks, the John Hancocks, the the um, you know, Bagara, 
stuff like that. These guys are all going with these semi-production, and I think that's a really, really good deal for everybody. So we're going to be looking at them. Uh, I got to get with Josh uh, again and make sure I'm specced out and everything up with Josh's to get a Hancock over to me. The, the, the Gunworks and the Kelbys are in hand, so those are ready to go. Um, also talking with Kadex today, Kadex will have some of the sheepdog stuff coming out and the Kraken's on its way that they have their production up. It's funny. I was meant to do stuff with Kadex last year and, and, and when speaking with them today, it, here's, here's the thinking and there's more than one company out here that does it. And they tell me this straight up and it's flattering on some levels and, and it's understandable on other levels that. When they're not ready and they can't produce in the quantities that you guys need, they don't want me talking about it. It's like, don't mention it. Don't say anything. Kind of sit back and relax. Now that we're ready and we got our production up, well, now we need Frank and we're going to talk about it. So that's that's something that you have to look at with timing on some of these things. Sometimes we do do certain things like this and then we get put on hold a little bit. So the guys will say, hey, we, we ran into a, a snag. We thought we were going to do 25 finished rifles a day. We're only doing three a day. Um, we need to straighten that out before you can talk about it. So that's not an uncommon thing. And, and companies don't want to have these production woes. So it's it's something that, you, you know, you, you th- that these guys are very conscious of. That nowadays they know it could be a nail in their coffin to announce a, a new product coming out and say it's going to be ready in March and then you not be able to get it until, you know, December. And then, and we talked about this with like Accuracy International with Smith and Bender and some things like that in the past, how you'd order an AI back in the day, you know, 2005, and it took you nine months to get it. Now everybody's got them in stock. Everybody's up and running and all these things are going on. Well, you know, Today, I hear about it from Kadex. We ran into a snag. We we weren't producing as many as we thought we could. We brought in some help. We did some things and changed the process here or there. And, um, you know, that's kind of what's going on with these things. And it, it, it's, it makes it much better for you guys that you can get it. I don't want to talk about it if they're not prepared to talk about it or not prepared to release it. I guess is a better way of doing it. But reviews are going to be up and coming once I get out of here and go see Glenn. Um, I may run up to that NRL match, the Gunworks one, next week too. So uh, there may be some small gaps in some of the podcasts. We try to knock them out as fast as we can. But, you know, with our travel schedule, if the road noise isn't too bad, I may do some on the drive. I could probably knock out a bunch of them on the drive as long as I think the road noise isn't isn't too awful. Maybe I'll hook the lav mic to my collar and just have it re- recording in. It, it may work out pretty good. But uh, if you're a company out there trying to reach out to me for reviews, if you're trying to link up on Facebook or something, it's not really, I'm not, like I said, I'm not really answering it. I think I just saw one from Facebook that I missed. And what happens is, I had like a friends list. I don't know what the hell. Something filled up and somebody was trying to reach me and couldn't reach me and then finally emailed me. They're like, oh, your friends list on Facebook is full. I couldn't add it. But every day I've been getting these sort of requests on Facebook. And when you bring some new people in, it, it knocks all this other stuff down the road. Email me. Re, you know, Come to Sniper's Hide. If you want to talk to me about this stuff, 
you know, and you're going to Instagram and you're PMing me on Instagram, I'm missing it. I'm not going to see it. If you're, you know, reaching out to me on Facebook or YouTube, I'm probably not going to see it there either. Or if I do, I'll see it a month later where if you just call me or reach out via Sniper's Hide, the website, that's the easiest way to get a hold of me. If you're a manufacturer, if you have a new product, if you want a video, uh, again, we're, we're, we just, I just went through all the equipment. God, that sand, my laptop still screwed up. I don't know what I'm going to do as far as maybe sending it to Apple and have them clean it. But my, my MacBook Pro with the touch bar uh, it is, is, is pretty much a bunch of keys don't work because that sandstorm we had out there. And uh, so I went through all my camera equipment for the Seekins thing, cleaned everything out, ended up buying like four different uh, kinds of uh, air, you know, the air dusters and got all that stuff it's just it's been ridiculous with the with that you know trying to clean this out and get under the keys that are stuck and same thing with my camera equipment but I'm looking forward to some of this wind calming down so I can get out and knock out some good videos for you guys everybody's asking me about the muzzle brake stuff muzzle brakes muzzle brakes muzzle brakes dude I got a ton of muzzle brakes here I have the gridded background the only problem is if I put the background up, the wind will knock it down. So w- the delays on the muzzle brake reviews. I mean, I'm seeing where this is coming in. It's not so much coming back, but it's a vertical issue that is going to have to be looked at with some of these uh, brakes. What one's knocking the muzzle down and which one's knocking the muzzle in slightly different directions. I don't think you can go straightly as straight up as saying, or, you know, as easily, I guess is a better way of putting it, is just saying, well, gee, I put this muzzle brake on my rifle and it gave me this point of aim shift on my initial uh, shots. Yeah, that's going to happen, man. That's like a suppressor. We're talking barrel harmonics. We're talking the way these things affect. There's gas movements around. All these things are going to happen. If you put something on and it's like, oh, look, there's a shift. Normal. Deal with it. Re-zero. You're not going to take the thing on and off. You know what I mean? Now, where it will be a problem, and I did get um, some feedback towards this, is the ELR guys. Um, I got a text message from some guys who were shooting the Pacific Northwest ELR match, and apparently some of the self-timing brakes were coming loose. You know, if you're doing 338, 375, 408, 50 cal, something like that, and you're using a self-timing brake, you better put a little ass on it, man, when you wrench it into place. That stuff's going to knock loose. The same thing with scope mounts. You cannot pull your 6mm friggin' Creedmoor scope is as it sits and stick it on a 375 and think you're going to have the same results. You know, beef up your rings. Look at the Night Force six rings, the badger or six screw, the badger six screw. Stuff that are heavy, man. Stuff that are designed for heavier recoil, bigger spur mounts, you know, or the spur mounts and putting rosin in it. And and doing the stuff, you know, in that um in that gap uh between if you look at the spur mount, it has those grooves in there. You can put a little bit of anti-slip in that. When you're tightening everything down, when you're doing the ELR stuff and the big stuff with your brakes, if your brakes not being timed and fitted on your barrel ahead of time and you're doing a self-timing, wrench on it, dude. Put some ass behind it because guys did see problems with scope slipping. 
I had the scope slip with that 338 after three, four days of shooting. That Schmidt and Bender sl- slipped on me because, you know, it's just one of those things. You got to bump up the, the, the inch pounds a little bit, but not enough that you bind something like the parallax underneath or you start messing with a gimbal or you start knocking the tubes out around. But it, it's it's definitely something that you have to look at when you're switching over to these big calibers. You know what I mean? Make it a little bit more bulletproof. But I have Brakes Area 419. I got the Patriot Valley. I have the control or, or controls, you know. All good stuff there. And, and these brakes are going to get shot alongside each other. I just need the weather to cooperate a little bit and knock my, not knock my background all around. Uh, that That's becoming the issue is the wind. And, and again, I went out to the range today um, for the guys who took the class, brought the TV out. We talked about that. The the projector in, in my class, because of the white tent and the whole thing, the tent was a little brighter than I gave it credit for. I thought it would be a little thicker in that. Sure, the whole tent is a screen, but the sun coming through diminishes the projector. So what I did today before I'm heading up the Seekins and I had to pick up a microphone is I dropped off a big old TV. I, I replaced the TV here, and I took my flat screen out to the range. So now we'll be playing the the, cl- the lesson plan, the class, the PowerPoint, the keynote, whatever you want to call it, on a TV. So that way their May class is going to have the benefit of that, where the March class were the guinea pigs in a, in a, in a lot of ways. But uh, yeah, I was out there. The, the, the wind caused a little bit of havoc on the tent on one side of it. Uh, nothing I can't kind of sort out a little bit, but um, we we got we talked about. It. I talked to Randy and Diane about that, and, and we'll probably put a little bit more permanent classroom type of situation there. Uh, the tent I thought worked well until the winds came up and turned it into a sandstorm. But the uh, you know, again, I, I'm adjusting already. It's already been in the works to get this really well. I mean, the highlight is shooting the range, right? There's the class, is the instruction, is having myself and Mike there on either side of you and working one-on-one with you guys, getting those hits on steel and getting that good data, uh, you know, relayed to you. And that's all we're doing is just trying to make a better product for everybody. But damn, check out those Tactaholic videos, you know. we they're, they're, uh, If you go on YouTube, you can look up Tactaholics, um, in in they're posting all the snipers high class the mile high class stuff i did move all the video over i just put it onto a drive i finished the last bit of it um if not this morning yesterday i think it was yesterday afternoon i finished the last bit of the video transfer there was probably like uh three gopro cards to transfer and Three or four SSD drives, and then I had two CFast cards, so a lot of it. And the average transfer is about 30 minutes plus, and so you're in there kind of transfer, move, transfer, move, and doing all that stuff. So uh, I'll have some more videos knocked out um, for everybody to check out too. So um, the videos are out there and posted. So if you've uh, if you've never taken a class and you're not sure what to expect, well, then check out the videos. I made a point of posting the uh, entire uh, lesson, like the win. The, it wasn't the stuff from the classroom part, but it was on the range. I did the 10 minutes worth of video for you all to see it. And originally, I was going to take that and just put it into the online training 
But then I thought, nah, I'm going to put that win lesson out there for free for all you guys to see it. So if you go to YouTube, if you go to Sniper's Hide, there is there is a sort of start to finish part. And again, it's just a 10 minute of a much bigger deal that we did of shooting in the wind. We showed the, the AAA targets or AA rather, Austin Angus's xylophone target how great that works. And actually, after I did it, I found some more footage. I didn't realize we had a GoPro down there. Um, that So I actually have GoPro video of it beyond I put the GoPro through my spotting scope. That's the video you see it through the spotting scope, and you can see what guys are doing. But we have video at the target as well, so you can see it a little better. Uh, it, it, it accomplishes the same thing. No big deal that way. But uh, definitely... Check out the videos if you're interested in what a class is. There's some feedback from Lex there. I saw the first uh, testimonial kind of video from from Lex who was shooting the 300 Win Mag. He talks about his building this rifle. It was custom built. He went through LRI. A lot of products were looked at from Sniper's Hide. Put the rifle together. Shot about 150 rounds on his own. Wasn't really happy with his progress over those 150 rounds. Jumped into the class with it, and the guy was a hammer, man. Guy had really great hits, really great success with it. So um, listen to what Lex has to say in his little testimonial. And then today they put out a little slow motion video one. So that's out there, uh, you know, seeing everything in slow-mo, slow-mo mode, uh, you know, off their phones and stuff like that. But um, – there, there has been some questions, in, and I hesitate. We had some more stuff about the density altitude and things like that. Um, let me see if I can find some quick knockout questions while we're there. Uh, show, explain this rifle. What is it? Some, oh, they're talk, Chris is on there. So Chris, he's talking about his rifle. and in, 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 So somebody was asking about Chris's rifle in, uh, in episode number 36. So he's on there breaking it down and detailing his stuff. Other guys were asking me about the slow Tika barrel that I swapped out. I mentioned that I grabbed the left-hand gain twist off a mile-high shelf. And, uh, you know, the, the, that the, the, I swapped out my Tika barrel already. That thing probably only has about 250 rounds through it, and, I, and I'm pull, pulling it off. It's too slow, man. It, it's accurate. I have no drama with the Tika barrels accuracy-wise. But if the muzzle velocity is that's 150 feet slower than standard with factory ammo, it, it, it it's kind of one of those things, man. It's like, uh, yeah, elevation's just a number. I can solve that. But when you combine the wind, when you combine the distance, when you combine everything, you, you Adam said it, man, you need the speed. So the fact that I can spend a, a, a minor amount, uh, you know, uh, replacing a barrel for somebody might be that $750. That's not a whole lot to what you gain in return. Uh, if it's a new rifle for you and you're a new shooter and, and you don't have the experience or you haven't been doing this a long time, Get some mileage out of the barrel. If you have a 6.5 and you feel it's slow, okay, get at minimum at least 2,000 rounds out of it. Once you hit that 2,000 rounds of good practice out of it, then get rid of it. Then you're probably ready to go to the next level, okay? But, you know, it, it, I have a lot. I have a lot of luxuries and a lot of different things. 
I have the ability to walk in and swip the barrel out and it's going to charge me a little bit. Uh, it's going to cost me a little bit less than what it might cost you retail. And so I'm swapping it. You know, I already have um, played with the Teak as factory wise. And in, in, in the fact that I see this 150 to 200 feet per second less velocity, well, I know I can switch it up and get more out of it and do more. And that's what I'm going to do. So, uh, you know, that's just my personal preference. But if you're a new shooter, you bought the Teak as your first long range rifle, you got it in 6.5 or 2.60 or even 308, give yourself about 2,000 rounds worth of it. That's, that's a decent number for a barrel to get your money out of it to do a new barrel. All right. You know, in, in your Bartlands, your Kriegers, your Rock Creeks, you know, things like that, Shillings, all that stuff works good. I'm a Bartland fanatic. I have zero problem with Kriegers and things like that. Even the Criterions with the rematch bolts, uh, uh, barrel nut rather. No problem. I got one of those. Well, my 18-inch little 6.5 is a Krieger rematch or Criterion, but it's Krieger. Uh, the Criterions, well, you know, works great. Accuracy's great. So stuff like that does work. Semi-custom like we just talked about a second ago does help. You know, guys are seeing fantastic results out of these semi-customs. Gonna having a having a sip of uh, dragon juice here. Hang on a second. Ah, dragon juice. Sorry. Talk a lot. Talk fast. I need I need some refreshment. But I think two thousand rounds out of a factory barrel, regardless, is is not a bad number before you replace it. And to me, that's in a good space to do it. Now, it you know if you're if you're on the fence and you want to move up to the next level and and you're at the thousand fifteen hundred rounds, yeah, you then you're splitting hairs and 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 if you have the means and the ability to do it without it putting a hole in your pocketbook, do it. If it's one of those, uh, this is gonna be my big buy. Replacing the barrels not something I'm gonna you know easy and all this stuff. And if you get it to mile high, they'll do it quick. Like we talked about all the gunsmiths there with Adam, these guys are knocking stuff out pretty fast. So find somebody who might be moving a little faster. I know like the uh, the Josh Koontz at Patriot Valley is knocking stuff out quick. And these guys are learning to spin up barrels and have these pre-fits a little bit easier for everybody. So consider that uh, and, and, and look at it when, when you're doing, you know, the, these these more of the Hawk Hill semi-custom from Patriot Valley. The I think KMP is LRI. He's using them still, which are a good barrel. And, and you can go to those guys who are fast. Mile High's got the Bartlands there, got the proofs there, and those are working out fast, and they're changing barrels quick. Uh, Logan on that, that CNC could knock it out pretty darn quick. So when you're looking at these semi-custom options, that's the direction I recommend you go. 2,000 rounds is sort of my, my jumping-off point for the average person out there. Like I said, if you have means and you could do it sooner, you're not going to get hurt. You know, worst case, you can always put the barrel back on after, keep the original barrel, go through a season with this one, and you can do off seasons and just switch back and forth however you want. I mean, I'm to me, barrels are tires. Barrels are tires. You know, um, it's it's one of those deals with the, with the way the barrels and and the tires work. Uh, on you know, if I don't like it, I switch it. I got to drive my car. If the car feels crappy because this set of tires is junk, I get rid of them, and and they're they're expensive too. You know, I'm doing 20 inches that if I go to the dealer, they want 1200 bucks for me to change all four. So I still do that when I have to. It's one of those deals. All right, guys. So 
what else do I have going on? Um, a lot of the 22 stuff is popping up and there is some, and I have it, I have to put it up and, and, and share it, but there is the scale, uh, scale factor for 22s. So what guys are doing, if you're considering putting these 22s together, there is a scale factor out there where you can learn to sort of mimic your larger rifles using the 22. Uh, the fin accuracy guys have a, a thing on it. There's a couple others out there, and it's um, I, I I don't know exactly the wording, but it's scaling their 22s. So I'd have to look up the exact wording they use. I I know there might be a different nomenclature out there for scaling 22s uh, to to mimic center fire. So uh, that's definitely something I'm going to be looking at. I know we've had a couple. Uh, our schedules have just been crisscrossing now that we're getting into busy zone. You know, spring is is through the air. Uh, I know we've had some other stuff we were going to talk about. Uh, definitely ELR, it, it, as that's coming up. They have an ELR shoot happening. Uh, Valinas, V-A-L-I-N-A, something like that. It, it, there's a big shoot. We talked about it a bit with Kelly McMillan. I was on his podcast Facebook Live deal on Friday. Um, so there's there's an ELR shoot there, and it's one of those world record attempts. If you guys are going to go out, you're going to shoot your ELR stuff three for three, man. I'm fine with best out of five, but the 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 the, the uh, stat that we're looking for is I'm from a cold bore, three out of three. You only can do two attempts a day. So if you're going to go out there trying to do yourself a viral video and say you shot farther than the next guy and hit a target, the goal is three for three and only three for three counts. So start working yourselves up and seeing how far you can push that. You can do shorter, do start at 1,000 yards, go for your three for three. Go to 1,200, go to 1,500, go to 1,800, right? And, and when you can't hit three for three, well, that's your limit and that's where you have to practice to start moving forward. The 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 these um the standard size of the target is thirty six inch square. Now you could do smaller, you just can't do bigger. So if you want to go three for three and make it a chip shot, you can do that thirty six inch square and just make your way back as you're practicing to find out where your limit is. And then the next one out, then you would do it stone cold. Three for three in the morning. Three for three in the afternoon, so you you really only get those six shots for record per day, right? So that's something to think about for the uh, spring and coming up with. People start to throw these viral videos out there that say, "Oh, I'm the greatest long range shooter ever. I shot, you know, fifty one hundred. Okay, did you follow this? Did you follow the um the 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 the, the standard?" Did you do three for three from cold in the morning and three for three in the afternoon after four hours of waiting? Did you use a 36-inch square target? All these things factor. So if you do see a video where a guy drops the mic and does a high five, understand the context in it. And is he doing it correctly? Because if he's not, the odds are that guy shot 100 rounds in order to hit one. You know what I mean? And we don't need to be supporting that kind of stuff. Yes, it helps validate something it helps true things it helps get us dope but i mean honestly if you got to shoot 15 20 30 50 rounds in order to get one hit 
you're wasting everybody's time, guys. I mean, let's let's not play that game. Let's not promote the playing of that game. Let's try to focus everybody to a standard. I'd rather you said, you know, well, I'm not doing three for three that way, but do the best out of five or the best out of ten and doing it once, having that four-hour gap and then doing it again. Yeah, maybe you don't want to only shoot six rounds the day. Ten rounds might be better. You know, maybe you want to do 20 rounds to validate something. But have a plan, have a system, understand what you're looking at, and make sure that there there's a, a, a uh, you know, a standard or a method to your madness. All we're looking for is a method to that madness. Cool? All righty. Got it? All we're, that's all we want. Method to the madness, man. It's not too crazy to, to ask people to do that. Right, we. Th- this is precision rifle, man. This isn't. This isn't like you know, as many rounds as it takes to get the hit. This should be one shot, one kill. No more than any. You know, no more than three shots from any one position, and then you're gonna displace. There's, there's, there's been rules to shooting precision rifle in in the sniper's hide context for a long, long time. You know, one, two, three, then you're out of there. One, two, three, then you're out of there, and so that that just makes sense that it's it's in the in in the least amount of shots as possible. That's what we want. We want the least amount of shots possible when we hit something. So if that means one shot, perfect. If that means two shots, no big deal. Three shots, no big deal. But after that, you know, once you start getting past that five, and then you better have a reason why you're shooting more, you know. Yeah, some people like a 10-shot group. Okay, cool, best of 10. But say that. Say my method is best of 10. My method is best of five. My method is three for three. That's all we're looking for. All right, guys. Well, I got to uh, pack my stuff and get ready for the the Seekins uh, trip. I'm looking forward to that. If you want to post anything, questions on Seekins, stuff like that, I'll probably get Glenn to do a little bitty podcast for us while we're there. Um, a couple different stuff. Like I said, a lot of activity going on, a lot of spring, uh, you know, things are coming into spring. We're getting a lot of people inquiring, too, about advertising on Sniper's Hide and coming back as commercial sales accounts. Yeah, we have a method for that. Yeah, people are advertising. We're, we're, we're getting some more of, of that coming in because of these Facebook and YouTube issues. Now people are starting to panic and they're, and they're, and they're kind of coming home to roost. So I, I made a funny little post, oh, how the worm turned, the worm turned. Uh, because all these people coming back, hey, 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 can I do this? And and just a just a little note for some of you guys who are sliding some stuff under the radar and selling your commercial stuff. We always find you out, dude. If you're if you're a business and you're selling under the radar, we will kind of snag you and I'll shut you down. There's a commercial sales account. If you have an FFL, if you're selling, if you have a store, whatever the case may be, even if you're buying and selling too much as an individual, dude. We are going to shut you down that way, and, and you are going to have to pony up for your commercial sales account. Um, the, the, there, there is such a thing as as turning over too much, you know, because then you start going into the dealer uh, kind of space. And, and if you're doing it for profit, the guys will guys will eventually get to it, especially if you have a storefront, even if it's a pawn shop or something like that. It, 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 there there are people who will PM me and say, hey, by the way, so-and-so selling stuff here, he's a business. And and they will do that. So do it right the first time. Come up front. I make it super easy for everybody to do. And, and 
you know, it, it's it's not sticking you up. It, it's 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 just like it's 120 bucks a month almost, you know. If you can't sell $120 worth of product a month on Sniper's Hide, you need to get out of the business to begin with. So for you businesses that are kind of playing in the gray area, it is going to start coming home to roost on you. So, um, yeah, what we were saying with the commercial sales and all that, and this also goes um, the cup, or not cup, but the team challenge, Sniper's Hide team challenge. We're just looking for discount codes for guys. Um, we, we do have some products and some stuff we're going to give away. But for the majority, if you're a business, if you want to advertise and get in on the Sniper's Hide team challenge, fun match, field match, come on out. We're going to have the, um, the free train up for people who've never shot a match before. The day before, you can interact as a business and show your product off. I mean, one of the things we have here is like uh, the Warhorse, the Saracen bag. I got a little micro one that he just did for me, a tiny one, and it works really good. It's smaller because, I mean, really, do we need the bags that big? I don't know. But um, so, you know, guys like that, if you want to try that stuff or if you want to, you know, have people get hands-on with your product, come to Colville, come to Washington, and you can, you know, slide right into that demo day and do stuff like that. We've got a few people that are coming up, but we can grab a couple more. And, and I think it'll be a really good deal for everybody to, um, to get in front of people and to be able to show them without having, you know, to be paying to be there or whatever the case may be. All righty. This has been the Everyday Sniper. I did see the stuff on the swag, and I think Mike's got that covered. Swag. So we'll look at that. And uh, this has been the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank from Sniper's Hide. I'm going to be on the road starting tomorrow for until the weekend. So we'll, we'll try to get you some stuff in there. But thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. And enjoy.